The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. LinkedIn presents... Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am BC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage. I'm a Wall Street alum and LinkedIn top voice. And I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, DC Marshall. I'm Mita Malik, a business leader, a DEI champion, and most importantly, a mom. My superpower is storytelling. And Mita and I started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplaces from my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. At our table, we unpack it all. We won't leave any juicy detail out. Then we provide you the tips you need on not how to survive, but how to thrive in organizations. So, Mita, why don't you tell them what we're talking about today? It's a topic that I can't talk enough about, and that is, why can't they say my name correctly? Why can't they say my name correctly, D? I know you're going to fall out of your chair. But I had to bring this one up again because this is a, a painful experience I recently had. You know, I listen, I've seen it. I, I mean, I think we've received feedback online. Again, just the painful stories. Um, you know, one of the things that I will say about this is the more we talk about it and the more we correct people or like yeah. educate and correct you know, I, I think that's what it's going to take. I think we have to amplify things because I feel like so much of where we are in this country, we've allowed, uh, you know, and given passes for so long where we just didn't challenge things or question things or Absolutely. create the awareness of what's acceptable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that we culturally stood up for ourselves for, for fear of, uh, you know, just all of the things that, that come with challenging authority. Um, and I'll say even as a black, as a black woman, I think we talk about this a lot nowadays, like, you know, my mom's generation born in the civil rights era and civil or, or sort of growing up in the civil rights era, my mom, they weren't allowed to challenge authorities at that time. Remember, they were being obedient to authorities yes. and where this was a world of black and white. And so I think a lot of that contributes to how culturally some of who you see in the workplace you know, we are now coming to the place of challenging and or let's just say educating, right? Like if you don't say my name correctly, no, I'm not going to let it go. It's not okay. So I think that's what's happening in this season. And I'm hopeful that the more we amplify this conversation, the more we have direct one-on-one conversation, like pulling people to the side, hey, you know what? I'll hold this until we get further in the show about how then do you help people before you check them, okay? Mm -hmm. How you help them before you check them, okay? So, you know, a lot of the stories I share are stories that happened to me early, mid-career, a few years ago. This is something that actually happened recently. And I, I volunteered and chose to upskill myself and took an external course, nothing to do with my current organization, something external. 
I showed up, probably 30 people, maybe three people of color, one being a co-facilitator, myself and someone else. Not once, not twice, but three times during the course of this time I took for this course, the facilitator calls me Maida, a white man. And each time I correct him and I say, it's actually Mita, it rhymes with Pita. You know, I'm trying to phonetically spell it. And he at the end is just laughing and saying, oh, I just can't seem to get it right. And I have to tell you, for as senior as I am in my career and for all that I've accomplished and all that I'm grateful for, I felt so hurt and so minimized. I felt ashamed. I felt like I didn't want to participate in any of this. And I was like, why did I even sign up for this? And the disrespect, right? The disrespect, the lack of respect. So then the story gets better. Are you ready for this? Oh, God. So then I post this on LinkedIn, as I do, more from an education perspective, really saying that even me, as people see me and think I'm this thought leader and that I'm so senior and I don't have everything figured out, and I'm also well, human. You are. And this I mean, so, you are. You yes, are, I am. Now, Thank you are you. senior. Executive. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Okay. And, but still, this happens to me. That's my point. Let me just rephrase, as you said. Yes, I'm a senior executive. Yes, I've accomplished a lot. But, and still, this happens to me. So I was sharing that on LinkedIn to say that this isn't something that happened 10 years ago. This happened recently. Someone who I believe identifies as a white woman then comments on my post as I'm describing exactly what I described to you happen and says, I'm a trainer as well. I facilitate a lot. We can't get everyone's name right. Stop focusing on the wrong things. And actually what was sort of hurtful was over the years, this person had shown up on my feed and I actually sort of enjoyed their content, enjoyed their commentary. And I was really taken aback. And I actually said, oh, this is something that Dee and I need to talk about on the podcast. Because I was just, I was like, wow, focus on the more important things. I'm sorry, what's more important than my name that my parents gave me? Remember, every single person who has been named, somebody had big dreams, big hopes, big wishes for them. Your name was given to you by someone who knows, knew you mattered and would matter in this world. And to minimize and to say, let's focus on more important things. And so this is where I also, before I D, ask you for your thoughts, I give people a lot of grace and kindness to pronounce my name. I do. And so that the story here is, over the course of the time I spent with this group, I corrected this facilitator, not once, not twice, but three times. And he thought it was funny. Wow. Did I stump you? You, yeah, yeah. I think, I think when it's three times and when he chuckled, when he laughed, um, that part, right? So it's yes, one, one is, is okay. Um, and the fact that you gave the phonetic spelling. So a couple thoughts. So, you know, just the fact that his response has been acceptable. That's, yes. that's what in allowed him to have his response is that it's never been checked or it's never been called on. And there isn't a standard mm -hmm. for that organization or institution that we yes. value people. So do you see, I think that's Absolutely. where the flaw and the slight is, is that it's been allowed, it's never been checked, or I'm gathering, it's probably not been 
addressed is a better word. Let me use that. It's not been addressed and there's no accountability right? For, for the individual, uh, uh, but then also for the organization and institution, because if the organization or institution or corporation had a standard that mm-hmm. we value, respect people, all people, we want people to feel seen, heard. Um, we want them to feel like they belong here. And so some of the basic elements of that, because I mean, we do this work all the time. So this is how we manage our clients and lead them. So so some of the ways that we do that and part of our culture at this company or this organization or this institution is, can we just start with the names? And so I think that's my initial thought. And I think for people who don't understand or, or dismiss and just say, it's, it's, it's just a name, get over it. They are uneducated and uninformed. And again, it's showing your scars. It's showing your blind spots, right? And the blind spot is names are incredibly important. They're part of identity. So for anybody listening who never knew the significance of a name and may dismiss the name, it's part of identity. So it's not just a label. It's part of who the individual is. It carries deep personal, cultural, a lot of times familial, historical connections. So it is significant. It is not a label. The woman who responded, it's interesting because it says more about her, right? It says more about her. And her, I'm going to say, deficits, deficiencies, even as a leader and as a trainer, right? It says that there's really work for you to do. Um, Certainly in training, there are lots of people. That's why sometimes there's name tents are used um, so that you can see. But even as a trainer, you can you can ask people to write their phonetic spelling and you work on it. That's part of, in fact, for training, for managing, for everybody who's listening, for training, for building relationships. But yeah, I just wanted to, to share that because this is so, it's so unfortunate. And y- you already know where I'm going, but let me let you chime in before I, I go I, to- I was going to tell you, I was going to say, I love you, D, so much because D comes after those comments on LinkedIn, right? She'll find them. And she wrote to, what's your Johari window? Where do you- do I'm you, sorry. I wasn't going to say it. I, you know, I, I struggle it. with yeah. it. But it's Yeah, true. it's a blind really spot. Hard. It was more telling of her. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, 
We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Here's what's interesting. Here's why I wanted to have this conversation with you, Dee. And I wanted our community to hear it. It got a lot of likes. I left the comment up there and it got a lot of likes because I think that's important. That's a part of the education. I wanted to actually purposely keep it up there because she's not the only one that thinks that the name is the minor detail. And so if you are sitting, we have global listeners, but I will just say from a perspective, if you are sitting in the U.S. right now and you have been named by someone who loved you and big had big hopes and dreams for you, a name that is more common in Western culture and is easier to pronounce, it would, it's not your lived experience, what I've gone through. Exactly mm-hmm. what Dee talks about on so many episodes. It's not something that you have gone through. And so rather than minimizing it or dismissing it, as you say, Dee, pause and reflect on why this could be so upsetting to me and why this is so hurtful. Yeah. I did want to bring up something else, Dee, more on, I will say, a lighter note. You know, I love Starbucks. You love Starbucks too. Mm-hmm. Maybe Starbucks oh, will yes, send us something. I, I love Starbucks. Love Starbucks. I spend too much money there. You know, I don't have the Starbucks app. I should have it, but oh. I don't. So fine. I should have it. Everyone keeps telling me. But you know, I have a Starbucks name. We, have we talked about mm-hmm. this? Do you have a Starbucks name? Is your Starbucks name D? It's greatness. He's always yep. dropping the mic. Oh, God. Okay. Yep. All right. The greatness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine, is, yep. mine is Mary. Oh. Mine is Mary. Oh. You know what I also discovered? My husband hates when I talk about him, but I'll tell you this. When we started dating, he had a Starbucks name, and he had a oh. order out name, which was Pete. And so oh. the more I started talking about this with people, a lot of people who feel like their names are difficult to pronounce come up with mm-hmm. alternate easier names whether that's when they're out in public or they need, you know, they're at a restaurant waiting to be called, something, something like that. And so it got me thinking about what you said about your mother and what her generation went through when it came to this obedience. Mm -hmm. And I started to think about, I've been so trained in my life to make others comfortable. I'm not supposed to make anyone else feel uncomfortable. So even when Mm -hmm. I go to Starbucks... And I love Starbucks and everyone's under pressure and every, everything's understaffed these days. I don't want to make someone uncomfortable and give them my real name. Isn't it easier just to do Mary? So somebody messaged me on LinkedIn who I haven't. And, and y'all, oh. I'm sorry. If you're messaging me on LinkedIn, I, don't, I can't keep up. I, I try, but it's really hard. There's a lot of DMs in there. And somebody who I hadn't talked to, a white man in years, re- re- reached out to me and said, I'm confused about your post on your Starbucks name. Isn't that the opposite of inclusion? Aren't you not practicing what you preach? Shouldn't be oh. you be re- using your real name? And it was a deep question, oh. but I couldn't oh, yes. take the time to actually explain to him what I'm explaining to you now. It's my default to make others comfortable. I don't want to make them uncomfortable. Mm. And so that is the story of my Starbucks name. But I will tell you when I posted that, there were so many, I mean, D, it was, I couldn't believe all these people are in our community on LinkedIn and part of Brown Table Talk who also all have alternative names. A really good one was Beyonce. I thought that was fun. Kind of like greatness, right? But, <laughs> but, but some of them were different names. 
than their own easier names that are easier to pronounce. And so I thought that was really profound that I was like, wow, I'm not alone in like my alternate Starbucks name. Yeah. But I love that he challenged it and you thought through it because he's right. I mean, even Mary, I mean, so I, I like that. And, and you know what? I applaud you, uh, friend for just the awareness, the self-awareness that, you know, trying to make other people comfortable. But again, I think, isn't it true that we've just come into a season of being more bold and unapologetic yes. about who we are, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is a current conversation. This was not 10 years ago conversations, right? That, yeah, that it was not. being had and, right? No, this is new. Not. This is new for us. We're, we're in a new All place. New. So I applaud you for uh, just acknowledging that uh, making others comfortable. But the other part of that is names are important, you know, from a Black perspective, or for, uh, let's just say from an African-American perspective, because the backstory um, for folks who are listening, why names are meaningful and why it is that if you are, if you identify as white, cis, or white, you it, you won't get it. It's in your blind spot because everybody has a cultural story about their name, the significance. And so for African-Americans, meaning folks who were U.S. born, you know, our ancestors were enslaved people, were brought here, right, by ships, they were as slaves, slaves, to be, to for labor, agriculture in the South, textiles in the North. Our names were stripped. We had no birth certificates. And so we were given names. And so, you know, I'm not going to go down a deep path, but I think if you could just understand that the 30,000 foot view, culturally, names are significant. Names are significant um, and they are part of identity. It's you see me. So you can't be in an organization right now saying, and with the value of we value people and we want you to feel as if you belong and we're inclusive, but you can't get the name right. So there's a conflict there. So I think for everybody who's listening, particularly allies, advocates, champions, and leaders, um, there's a conflict. There's a foul flag on the field, flag, uh, a, a foul in the game, in the sport of workplace inclusion and workplace culture if your leaders or anybody in the organization cannot get a name right. It is a direct contradiction of we value people. And this is a place where we desire to have all people feel welcome, feel seen, feel heard. This guy broke all the rules. The trainer is all of the rules of feeling welcome. How you're going to allow people to feel welcome and seen and heard is the first rule in relationship is let me get to know you and how I can get to know you is just start and respect the basics. Yeah. And Um, as I remember, as I got to know you over time, early days in our friendship, the, the C is really important to you. D C Marshall. And I know that as your partner on this podcast, as I've gotten to know you, that is something that's, that's a part of your name. It's not an extra. No, yeah. it is DC Marshall and I am yeah. Nita Malik. Yeah. And this is our podcast, yeah. Roundtable yeah. Talk. Yes, yes. But D, you'll, you'll uh, love this. So my part two of my Starbucks name, I actually was really thinking about what that individual, the white man leader, the ally had said to me, and I hope he's listening. We have not been in touch in years, but he sent me this LinkedIn message and I just didn't have time to respond. So I went to Starbucks. It was last week and I gave them my real name. And I wanted I to saw see what that. happened. I saw yes. you posted it on your IG. Yes. 
And I was like, let me see. Okay, now this is culturally again. I was like, it seems a little emptier now. I'm going to go up and say Mita. And she said Mita. And I said, yes. And she wrote it down correctly. And then she called my name correctly when it was time for me to receive my my uh, chai latte with extra whipped cream and a venti cup. Oh. Oh. Listen, whipped cream makes everything better, except when you ruined it for me on a recent podcast episode. (laughs) Oh, uh, stop it. Oh my goodness. I'm stuck in the game of grande and a venti with... I'm getting that this afternoon. I'm going to treat myself to that just so I can say that. And then can I tell you the kindest comment I got? So I posted, you know, I was like... I'm I'm on my journey. I'm embracing my name at Starbucks. And somebody zoomed in on the Starbucks label where it said extra whip. And this gentleman said, I just discovered Mita. She's brilliant. All of her content is brilliant. She is like extra whip in my feed. Which I thought was so sweet. So oh, sweet. I love that extra whip. I love that. You know what? I love everything about that story. The fact that they leaned in and, and respectfully, that is super sweet. Oh, you know, you know, you're going to be extra whip now. Extra extra whip. Yes. I mean, I believe he identifies as a man. I'm not sure white man that I'm not sure how he self identifies, but he sent me a LinkedIn request and I responded and he said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if that comment, then he checked in. I hope that comment was appropriate. I, it might have been silly. I'm sorry if it was. And I said, oh no, it was, I, I love the comment. And then I went back because we're all busy and responded on the feed. But I was like, oh, nice story. Anyways, D, I, I like know what that. you're going to say. You can't run teams or PLs if you can't get the name right. <laughs> that was your gem. That's the, that's the measure, right? That's the, yes. me- in fact, we, we, we added to that, right? We've, we've shared that with our listeners on, I think, season one. Yeah, we did. As, as how, how to do that and, and the importance. And so now not only is it the standard or the, the measure of, do you have PL responsibility? Do you have direct reports? And if you do, you need to be able to pronounce names correctly. Y- you can't do that without, but I think the other, yeah. The other is if the companies val- value people and they say, welcome, we want you to be welcome, seen, heard, valued, like you belong, yes. you've got to get names. That, that In fact, they, you know, for anybody listening, if you drill down on what that looks like, right, welcome, seen, heard, valued, respected, and number one, right, if, in fact, there should be five measures or metrics. We always recommend there's mm-hmm. five measures mm-hmm. of are we welcoming, you know, for people, allowing people to be seen for their unique genius, heard for their unique voice, valued, respected. Number one should be get the name right. Mm, get the name right. Okay, as we go into tips, the one last thing, as this happened, I was upset texting a bunch of friends. And listen, if you can get all these Game of Thrones characters' names right, Middle Earth. If you can say Daenerys Targaryen, you can say Mita Malik. I'm sorry, right? If you could say horse doovers, if you could say horse doovers and not have it sound like horse doovers, it's hors d'oeuvres, then you could you could say Mita Malik. If you could say crudité, 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 <laughs> crudité, you can say Mita Malik. Okay. If you could say gravitas. <laughs> Yes. Yes, indeed. If you can see gravitas. There you go. All right, Dee, on to our tips. I'm going to start with tip number one. And this is for 
anyone who has had their name mispronounced repeatedly like I have, the tips I have is you can use the LinkedIn pronunciation tool so people can actually go and listen to how to pronounce your name before they meet with you. I also love D when I enter conversations or I'm in meetings, I might show up on Zoom for the first time and say, hi, my name is Mita. D, nice to meet you. Did I say your name correctly? And so that is also a way, as you would say, to welcome people into meetings and start and from the start, just level set. Let's just all make sure we are honoring and respecting each other's names. I'm going to turn it over to D. Do you have two tips for allies and leaders as we close out? Yeah, I think uh, number two is um, anchor in criteria and performance metric on making people feel as if they belong. So again, use it as a criteria, criteria for leadership and a performance measure of making people feel as if they belong. So that would be number two. And then number three is hold leaders and all of the workforce accountable to getting the names right. And if they can't get the name right, then they are not allowed to have P&L responsibility, direct reports, or anything else if they cannot get the basics. And those are our tips. Mita, close us out. If you can say Daenerys Targaryen, you can say Mita Malik and DC Marshall. And yes, we are the co-hosts of the Brown Table Talk podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We love you. We love our community. Please, please share this episode with someone who needs community and conversation today. And we have a seat waiting for you. We'll see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com.